Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Intros. Intros. Oh, my goodness. For the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Let our love be a flame, not an ember. Say it's me that you want to dismember. Blacken my eye, set fire to my tie as we dance to the masochism tango. So, I guess the reason that I started the podcast, or the reason that we wanted to start the podcast, was because we're both movie nerds. And Hmm. um, I know for me personally, like, my junior high to high school experience was somewhere between Welcome to the Dollhouse and Carrie. Hmm. So times I know. <laughs> so I spent most of my time renting movies. That's what I did. Hmm. Is okay. I Blockbuster at the time allowed? I think six was the limit that you could rent. That sounds right. At a time, and so I would just rent you know, B movies and, and horror and anything that allowed for an escape from my incredibly awkward social non-existent, um, life really. And uh, what drew you specifically to the B movies and, um, horror? So when I was a kid, like little, 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 like probably about four, um, I saw Omega Man. Oh, with um, Charlton Heston. One, yes, the one that was a remake of the Vincent Price. Yes, the okay. Last Man on Earth. Is that what Last Man on Earth? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it it was just so spooky and scary and uncomfortable, and the whole idea of being trapped in the city where you didn't really you couldn't trust anyone, you didn't really know what was happening or it was uh, this like sort of overwhelming sense of paranoia. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why some kids gravitate towards this stuff. And then some kids would get terrified, but I wasn't, I was fascinated. Hmm. So, and you were how old you said? Four. Four. Okay. <laughs> so, so sometime around that time I discovered um, Dr. Paul Bearer mm. and that creature feature every Saturday. And that's the first time I ever saw prom night. It's the first time I ever saw alligator, um, probably piranha in there somewhere. Uh, rats, which was fantastic. We have to do rats. Rats is great. It's just such, it's, it's so bad, but it's so good too. At the same time, it's just, it has a, it has that beautiful, you know, seventies green charm to it that I love so much. So, um, but I digress. Yeah. So I discovered, I discovered Dr. Paul Bear, and then as I got older, I discovered USA Saturday Nightmares mm. was um, <clears throat> kind of started a lot of it because that's like where I saw slugs and rabid and all of these. They didn't really ever show 
I like super mainstreamy horror stuff on Saturday Nightmares. It was always kind of whatever USA Network could, I guess, get the rights Afford. to. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, uh, and then sort of the most logical leap after that was USA Up All Night because it was on <clears throat> after. Yeah. And that I started, I just got into, I think Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bowlerama was the first Linnea movie I saw. Like I wasn't like everybody else. Like I had never seen Return of the Living Dead or uh, any of that other stuff. Like I, I kind of, I, I came about her in a very edited fashion. <laughs> so Yeah, I can imagine so. Yeah. Right. So like, I wasn't, you know, most, most men are introduced to her via her boobs, you know, that's it's sure. like nudity, lots and lots and lots of nudity. And I didn't see any of that stuff. So, uh, so I saw a lot of the stuff on up all night and I just thought she was really cool. And then I started writing letters to different B movie directors and actors and lo and behold, they wrote back and, um, and you're how old at this point? At that point, probably 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, sometime around 14, 15, I started making my own horror movies in the backyard. And uh, I got a camera. I got a height camera. Remember those? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I still have all of my camcorders. Used to. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah. oh, God. Yes. Super jealous of that. Yeah. No, I had I had my little height and I made a horror film in the backyard called everyone's dead. And I think I broke a nail, which Ooh. was like a sort of John waters meets, um, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Okay. So it was like gory, but funny. And it was about is this footage survived. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I wish it had, I really do wish it had, uh. but I think, um, I think I dated someone who ran off with the tape. Oh, of course. Yeah, I know. They ruin it for everybody. But they sure so, do. They really do. One bad boyfriend, you know. Um, so so you know, and then got into college and you know, for the hour that I went to college and um and discovered that there was a whole slew of other film nerds out there that, you know, like this stuff and so you stayed pretty isolated from a community other than the people you were writing to and responding. You really did not have a community around nope. you that was interested in the same thing. No, not at all. Um, there was a, an independent video store that opened up when I was around 14 or 15 and it was called unique video. Mm. And it was uh, in a very kind of scary area of town. So I had to like have a parent come with me and um, and it was a, an absolute independent video store. It was one of the last ones wow. that existed and they had all kinds of somewhat, some would say bootleg stuff. So, you know, some exploitation stuff, some horror stuff. I mean, it was just like being in heaven. So every Friday I would beg my brother's girlfriend to take me to unique video you know, so I could like look, roam around and look at the, look at all the box covers. The box covers were like the most fascinating thing. I think, I think growing up, especially when you can't watch them, that's yeah. what you do. You just roam around blockbuster video or video view or one of those stores and just look at all the box covers and think like someday I'm going to watch this movie, you know? Um, 
and then get old enough to watch them and, and realize that some of them don't live up to their box cover art. I'm looking yeah. at you, Nightmare Weekend. <laughs> Nightmare Weekend has bar none the most beautiful and misleading <laughs> box cover art because it has this woman and she there's these french doors and they're open to like a sky with like clouds and there's like a demon and it's like this is this looks like an amazing movie and then you watch it and it's about no no it's not about that and it's a trauma movie which you know that's its own episode but um yeah no one was more devastated by that reveal coming i know the next scene is going to be that scene no oh my god i've wanted that cover art forever they don't even have it in a poster like that's how hard it is to find but like that was the cover art that i grew up with and was like this is the movie i want to see whatever this is you know it's like maybe that was made but nobody knows what it is but no the actual movie itself is just garbage um but yeah and then you know i met you and you're like you skipped like 10 years I know. Okay. Oh yeah, no. During that time, I mean, like, yeah, really. Okay, let's see. We went like, to college for one day, and then went to I college met you. for a day. Got married. Got divorced. Got sober. Got diagnosed as bipolar, and yeah, here we are. <laughs> Twenty years, 10 years gone. <laughs> and then I met you, and you you became my my podcasting partner. Yes. Okay. There. Okay. That's my story. <laughs> Your story is way more interesting than my story. I doubt that. So I, okay. I do not have your level of affinity for uh, the B movie. Um, I would say maybe I'm more cult movie. Okay. Aficionado. Mm-hmm. Um, so my path started very young on movies and the earliest story which i have no memory of is my my dad tells a story all the time to whoever is in the house like a guest in the house and it's him and my mom on a date at a drive-in watching i don't even remember what they were watching and i don't think they remember either because they're at a drive-in I'm in the back seat. I'm less than two. Wow. And so they're doing whatever they do at a drive-in and I'm in the back seat. So let me get this straight. Your parents took you to a drive-in movie when you were like a like a toddler. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, your story is better than mine. <laughs> so whatever they're watching on the drive-in there were multiple screens there was obviously one behind us because at some point i was standing in the back seat looking out the back window so i must have been maybe i was two i was tall enough to do that and the movie that was playing on the screen behind us which i was watching was the exorcist (gasps) and i don't know how long like they didn't they they don't know how long i was watching it but they said that the point where her head started spinning, I started screaming insanely. Oh my um, god! 
So that was my introduction to horror. Um, oh, that's so much cooler than mine. Oh my God. <laughs> so my dad also had as a record um, that he would play whenever my parents wanted to have a party and they wanted me to leave. Um, and it is Todd Rundgren's A Wizard, A True Star. And the record terrified me. The sounds that Todd Rundgren was creating, it, it totally terrified me. And it gave me nightmares. I would run to my room and um, just be scared all night. So oh my God. That's, they terrorized me with that. Um, they knew it terrified me, but that was their go-to when they had to clear the room of little Ronnie um, so they could have adult time. Right, you know. so that so that the keys could come out and they could have their swingers party. <laughs> Whatever they did, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so that was part of my initiation into horror was this record, which obviously is not meant to be scary. It just was for a little child. Um, I was always fascinated by horror, but I was terrified of it as well. Mm, so okay. my we watched The Shining when I was of equal little age. Um, I have memories of that and visuals from that experience and being confused, but mm. also traumatized because the little boy in the movie um, was like, he looked like me and he was like my age. Oh my goodness. So um, The Shining terrified me. My stepsister Jackie um and my dad apparently loved horror and this is just something that I'm starting to piece together now as an adult my stepdad or my my dad that raised me Jack he loved horror so um he would watch he would stay up late and watch horror movies um after my mom had gone to bed and he would not let me stay up with him um and those were like movies like um i can't think of the it's the movie with the little devil baby and there was like three two sequels to it um and it's from like the 70s oh it's alive it's alive yes yes he would right. not let me watch that that's um, a that's a disturbing movie at 42 so i can understand why they wouldn't let yeah. you watch it as a kid so um most of the horror i saw was mainstream then my stepsister jackie came and visited and she introduced the family to the movie Tourist Trap, which- oh, With um, the talking, with the weird mannequins? Yes, which- That's a scary movie for a PG. Scared the bejesus out of me. Absolutely. Um, and again, still, I'm a child. That was like 78 or 79 or 80, maybe. Um, so that movie scared me, the mannequins and Chuck Connors and the whole thing, <laughs> just scared, Rifleman. Yes, um, yes, Chuck Connors. So that was part of my growing up. And then uh, the last thing I remember scaring the shit out of me was Salem's Lot. Oh, yeah. I. You know what? I wasn't part of the contingent that actually got to see it as a kid. I saw it as an adult. Okay. And then as an adult, I was like, this is really boring. And I know, yes. hot take, but my boyfriend and many others who I know who saw Salem's Lot as a kid, that they will, that is their 
There's two that scenes. One. Yeah, I know which the, one you're the, talking about. Yeah. The the coffin when they opened the coffin that scared me. Um, but when the kid's friend or brother or whatever he was comes scratching on the window. On the and window. Slowed, That's what everyone says. Oh my yes. god. Yes, it's like I I I was mortified for probably a week after that. Um, but like I, something about me enjoyed that adrenaline, that fear. <laughs> um, so I started, I gravitated to horror as I got older. Um, and so that's like my go-to, like if I need something to watch, like I'm excited, like when, even if it's a bad horror film mm -hmm. that was in the theaters is going to be on cable or something, I get excited because, um, I, I I just I want to see it. Did they did they do anything original? Is there anything creative about this? Yeah, um, that's a hard one too. It's rare. Like, yeah, no, it is rare. I think the most recent thing I saw that I actually found like physically scary and disturbing was yeah. Sinister. Really? That see, was like, like just because of the 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 sort of you know kids abusing adults and killing mm -hmm. adults yeah. and making snuff movies out of it yes i was like well that's two tastes that yeah that's i can understand you put those two things together and it's just like Ugh. but um but the but i wouldn't say i liked it like i wouldn't in yeah. other words i don't i wouldn't put sinister on because it's a sunday you know what i mean like whereas right. I think a lot of the movies that we grew up with, those are movies where it's like, hey, I got the house to clean. Okay, I think I'll put on Basket Case or exactly Reanimator because it's only 70 minutes long, you know? Right. <laughs> um, those so, are, yeah. So for me, my level of appreciation for horror is something like The Witch or Hereditary mm. or, um, uh, Hereditary was incredible. It's really the incredible. Acting, the acting, yeah. oh my gosh, is so amazing. Uh, so I really love a slow burn. Um, so that's where I'm at with horror now. Like I mm -hmm. want something that's really going to make me think afterwards or wonder what I missed. Um, mm -hmm. Me following into cult movies and B movies happened by accident. I was working at Video Busters. Ooh. in Pinellas Park, Florida. And um, I had my another sister-in-law had worked there. And when she moved away, the owner asked if I would come in and fill her spot. I was like 15. Wow. Um, so I did that. And because I think the store also rented porn, <laughs> I think the distributor also carried like the more risque horror from like some of the gallo um horror oh, the, the 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 giallo like yeah. the, the italian horror film stuff yes some of mm. that some of the hammer stuff mm. um and a little bit of some of the underground american stuff mm -hmm. not much but most most of it was imports Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would watch those because no one came into the store. So I'd watch those while I was working until he caught me and told me I couldn't watch that stuff while 
the business was open. Well, the because, business was running. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, um, so that set me on a path of finding other stuff and like looking for those weird films that like, um, man bites dog. Oh yeah. Um, so stuff like that, like I was fascinated with and like would go down rabbit holes with as much as I could pre-internet days. Um, and also I had, you know, like we talked about before I had an affinity for Enigma records or still do. So their connection with, um, return of the living dead. And, um, that led me through that whole rabbit hole of like zombie films and, um, B movies. Puberty led me to the spring break movies <laughs> and USA up all night. And mm. I don't remember, I don't remember it's horror thing. Oh, Saturday nightmares. I don't remember that. Um, I also obviously grew up with Dr. Paul Bear as well, Saturday mornings, and then Saturday nights was Elvira. Yeah. But I don't know if we had Elvira on the East Coast. I don't know if I was exposed to Elvira until we moved out West. I think it was not until we moved out West. Yeah, my memory of Elvira was whenever we would take trips out elsewhere, like Washington yeah. State or California or whatever, then that would be something we would be able to get to to see as opposed yeah. to on the east coast we didn't have any like night night the only night night host we had was 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 ronda Shear and gilbert godfrey with usa up all night yeah and that was it that was our there know. was really no you know i've seen other horror movie hosts there's really no comparison to dr paul bearer he there's was not. incredible no he looked terrifying Yes. He naturally looked terrifying, like when you met him, uh, but gentle as hell. Uh, so sweet. Such a sweet person. I, I'm um, so jealous that you actually did get to meet him in person. That was like one of those, you know, he was like a, he was like the horrible old grandfather. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. those of us that grew up in Florida, that was such a huge staple. Yes. You know, was, was watching Dr. Paul Bear on Saturdays. It was a huge deal. And I think... Dr. Paul Bear probably introduced me to like the Hills have eyes yeah. and um, the true creature features like, you know, ants and stuff like ants. that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, um, I think probably the first time I saw like daughters of Satan mm. uh, or any of those old seventies sort of satanic or witchy or yes those types of movies was, was through Dr. Paul Bear. Definitely. Yep. Um, I know house of wax was absolutely through Dr. Paul Bear. Absolutely. Yeah. For me as well. Yep. So, um, kudos to them for being brave enough to air that stuff on a Saturday morning, even though it was heavily <laughs> censored and edited. Yes. But, yeah. But not by much. No, to be honest. Cause I mean, I saw, I remember I saw graduation day on, on Dr. Paul Bear, And I mean, it still was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And they, they just blurred. They didn't No, Yeah. yeah they, they blurred didn't cut the scene. Yeah. They blurred Linnea's boobs. I remember yeah. that very clearly before I even knew who Linnea was, but I remember she was in that movie, but graduation day was one of those ones that had a big impact on me because it always, because it was a weird, you know, film about runners for god's sake you know it's about high school run a high school track team that's being that's being targeted and it was like god really you know um 
and then it had this really cool ending where I was like, oh, didn't see that coming. Mm, you know, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say Dr. Paul Bear was a big part of it for me. I think that was when I realized that there was an appreciation out there. There were more than more people than just me that were gravitating to those movies. Because why else would a show like that exist? Right. Um, and I really had, like when I saw Fright Night, that Fright held Night. a lot of nostalgia for me. And, you know, and I love um, uh, Ronnie McDowell. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved him. Like, I loved him when he was in Fantasy Island playing this, the devil. And I just loved him. So him being the horror movie host, like, it was so nostalgic. I loved it. It's a fantastic little slice of 80s horror. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. just a great little 80s teen horror film. And, yeah, you know. Amanda I, Pierce before Married with Children. Before Married with Children, yes. And uh, Stephen Jeffries before, yep. well, gay porn. Yeah. So, you know. Um, and, um, oh, God. I can't think of his name. Really? Okay. I met him in person too. Um, who plays Brewster? And I can't think of his name right Brewster. now. Brewster, you're so cool. Um, and he was very nice. Very Do you very remember nice. his short-lived show on Fox with uh Yeah, Herman's Head. Herman's Head, yes. Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. With the actress who voices Bart. Yes, um, Yeardley Smith. Yearly Smith, yeah. And she was also in a really great 80s movie uh, called The Legend of Billie Jean. Mm, yes. One of my favorite, favorite movies, just period. Like, just not even 80s movie, not even nostalgia-wise. I just, I love it. It's great. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, you know, that's just, you know, cute. <laughs> They're trying to float the idea of Keith Gordon as a sex symbol. You know, it was, that, it was a different time. It was a different yes. time. Lots of denim. Mm-hmm. Oh God, so much denim, and uh, it was just a yeah. It was just it's just good stuff like that, and uh, so it was like when Dr. Paul Bear would end, the Hooters more than a movie would come on. Oh yeah, and that That's was right. hosted by uh, a playmate named Lynn Austin, who apparently uh, got her start as a Hooters waitress in Clearwater. So That's she was right. like she was like our you know, hometown, yes. hometown hero, basically. <laughs> she, and she hosted that show. And that is where I saw Hard Bodies. That's where I saw Hard Bodies for the first time was. Oh, that's the, right. They did play. Yes. Those types of movies. Oh, absolutely. The Hooters. That's more right. Than I forgot about that. Never, never horror. It was always a very yes. chopped up, you know. Very chopped up because. Very chopped up. Yeah. It, they only had like a two hour segment but they filled it with a lot of hooter stuff and like yes, dialogue indeed, they did. <laughs> so the movie would make no sense by the time it was over because you would have missed like 30 mm-hmm. percent of it yeah totally that was yes, absolutely a right. thing and i forgot um, about that you know and then and then usa up all night just kind of faded into you know obscurity and usa changed its whole everything and yeah you know, so there was no place for those. There was really no place for those movies to go. I still have a lot of physical media. Like I have DVDs and VHSs, not very many VHSs these days, just because most of mine are like autographed and 
that's the only reason I have them. Like I don't own a VCR anymore. So, but, uh, but I'm always on the hunt for stuff, you know, I'm always looking for different DVDs and stuff. And I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, vinegar syndrome and, oh God, all of the, you know, all, all of the mail order DVD companies. Cause back when I was a kid, I mean, there were a few mail order video companies and they were super obscure. Yeah. Um, there was a company called video search of Miami and it was like the only place you could get any kind of foreign European exploitation, all the Emmanuel movies, all that stuff like came strictly from video search of Miami. Um, and then that's, you know, interesting. Nobody that's gone too. So now it's like, everything's on the internet. And I mean, I don't know thing one about downloading torrents and <laughs> I don't, I'm the worst, like, I I couldn't, I can't illegally download anything because I don't know how to do it. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) So I just, like, put money towards buying, you know, Blu-rays. Yeah, Yeah. I do. I I absolutely do. And um, there really aren't any more stores. Um, There was, like, one brick and mortar called Grindhouse Video that was in Tampa, and they moved to Tennessee, so. Oh, really? but they they still operate and they still do mail order and they're still fabulous uh but yeah so there there aren't there isn't anything else here you know so it's like it's kind of sad that's kind of why i I think that's kind of why i felt a little like i wanted to resurrect a lot of this stuff because you know there are plenty of podcasts and i listen to a lot of podcasts there are plenty of podcasts that basically pride themselves on just like trashing these movies sure um and that's not really like the tone that I wanted for this. Like I wanted it to be more like, oh, but this is why we like it. You know, I mean, there's obviously there's going to be problematic elements because it's a different decade or, or several decades that are, you know, some stuff just doesn't fly today. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> cough, cough, hard bodies, cough, cough. But, but I mean, those movies hold a sm- like a very special place in my heart for whatever reason, you yeah. know. Maybe- I think they're important. I think there there's a part of well, they they need to always exist, like because they're an important part of the story of how we got to where we are with other films, yeah. and um, yes, whether it's the actors or the directors or just the existence of that type of genre. I don't think it should be disappeared uh, because it's inappropriate. Now there was millions of teenage boys that, you know, were lasciviously watching USA up all night, hoping that the censor missed something Yes. or, yes. you know, or, or, or just, um, just the taboo of it. Right. Um, maybe Malibu Bikini Shop will be uncensored this time. <laughs> yeah, maybe they really freaking screwed up, and it'll be fine. Have a pl- there's there's a level of importance to them, whether we agree with the messaging that existed in them now. It's a part of where we are now. They got us to where we are, absolutely in some capacity. Yeah, and I don't. Okay, of all the horror types, yeah. Of films where what's your favorite and what's your least favorite there's so few good examples mm. but 
I'm always drawn to the um, the devil movies. Like, ooh, okay. What, what, what's what's the devil got? What you know? Give me a good possession movie, um, or a movie where we're questioning whether or not it's possession. Is there something okay. else going on? Okay. So um, I'm I'm pretty. I will always like seek those out first. I think probably my least favorite would probably be monster movies. Okay. I'm I'm not sold on monsters. I think it's I have to suspend too much disbelief to embrace a movie like that, unless it's like Willow Creek or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigfoot, you know, I can get into it. Um, there's even that movie. I think it was called Troll Hunter. That was like a found footage. Um, that was really well done, and I enjoyed that. But monster movies, I I don't really. That's embrace. not your. That's not your not, bread and butter. No. That's funny. Um, let's see. Okay, so slasher movies, specifically from the seventies and eighties. Okay. Would be my top. Okay. And then my bottom would be um, probably torture porn. Oh yeah, that's a good one. But that is a good note to end on anyway. Oh, yes. So we All right. Our, we did our get Did we do a good job? I don't feel like we did a very good job with our intros. I think we did. I think you started off as a, on the right track and like you I, did yours. <laughs> and then I just added a bunch of tangents to the conversation. Yeah, I think. And I'm like, I don't really like what we're doing. I don't like the movies that we're watching. Um, and I like good horror movies. And <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You're like, I'm not really a B-movie fan. I'm not really sure how I, how I ended up on this podcast as your partner. I don't get it. Okay, well, that was a waste of time. I know. Now, uh, we're going to... You have to edit all of that out. This is why you're the editor extraordinaire. Because you're going to have to go through this. And you're going to have to, as soon as we say, hey, who did that movie? You're just going to have to cut out that two minute, three minute of us looking online. We're like 15 minutes. No, it was not 15 minutes. We're not. Like, we're not even like, I'm going to edit out the whole green room conversation. Absolutely. Really.